0: This is the mess it up podcast where we take your mess and turn it into a message and now here's a bowtie guy hey guys welcome 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 in the background you might hear my uh water cooler uh running right now actually it's a water heater i suppose but it's it's a water tank and the hot water we just made ourselves some tea before the show so the hot water's going so that's going to stop after a little bit but that's what that strange noise in the background is the strange noise in the foreground is me the bow tie guy and we are here with the messed up podcast i am joined once again by the lovely the talented listener Bev from California
1: oh thank you papa
0: you're very uh, welcome
1: i appreciate that
0: and she calls me papa because that's what the grandkids yeah, call me yeah. we're uh, you know she's she's gotten very familiar here. I don't usually let my guests get quite so familiar with me, but uh, I guess listener Bev from California has a different way of doing things, and uh, that's how she's going to roll today. Uh, so anyhow, we are here for the podcast, and uh, I want to tell you just a couple things about the podcast. First of all, welcome to October. Second of all, um, we've got a really fun word of the week this week because it's a German word, and it is weltschmerz. Uh, and weltschmerz is a, a word that I heard. I was listening to another podcast and the person was talking about this. I was like, what on earth is that? Is that real? Did they make that up? And I looked it up and it says that it's a feeling of melancholy uh, or weariness with the way that the, the world is going with life. It's just sort of like your life has just sort of gotten a, a case of the blahs. You've hit the doldrums. You're in the horse latitudes, uh, that kind of thing. So uh, anyhow, weltschmerz is uh, is our word of the week so really people i play around with the word of the week a lot and i tell you, you know 10 bonus points but come on use weltschmerz in your your sentences this week and get some bonus points because that's a that's a fun one if people don't look at you and be like "Huh," with that one then either you've got some really interesting friends or you've got some friends who are not paying enough attention to you
1: if nothing else, it'll make you sound super smart, like you know more, know more than one language.
0: Right, right. Right. And with German, you know, you can. it gives you an opportunity to kind of be a little forceful because German is one of those languages that leans itself to uh, anger um, when you're speaking it. So there you go. Weltschmerz is your word of the week. There went our heater. It is now. The water is hot. Um, speaking of being weary and uh, melancholy and a little bit lackluster, our um, Social media is out there waiting for you to get social with it. So go check us out on Facebook. Check us out on Instagram and uh, those kinds of things. We really appreciate that. If you'd like to become a patron of the show, financially support us. Help keep us on the, uh, it's not really on the air, but keep us out there for people to download. Uh, We can't do it unless we have web hosting, and web hosting costs money, so that is what your money helps to pay for. It also helps to pay for supplies for inmates as we go in and do prison ministry through Messed Up Ministries and Prison Fellowship. So uh, all of your contributions, all of your, your, your monthly sponsorship of the show is tax deductible, so you've got that going for you as well. So check us out at MessItUpPodcast.com. Click on the Become a Patron button and you too can become one of our patrons who we love. So thank you all of our patrons for doing that. Um, I got nothing else to talk about before we jump into the show. And this is one of those topics. I I keep a a spreadsheet on Google Sheets and it has uh, several columns. It's got my show number. It's got the date that it comes out, a little checkbox for whether or not I recorded the show yet. Then you got the word of the week, the song of the week, and then my big idea. And I take those ideas as I get them I'm driving down the road and I'll, I'll put them in there and they just sort of get shoved down as I put in a new show. It just pushes all those, those ideas down. And this is one of the ones that's been rattling around for a while, uh, I think probably for almost a year. Um, I think I came up with this one shortly after our Thanksgiving show last year. Um, so it's just been kicking around down at the bottom and I decided I was going to use it this time. Uh, so what we're going to talk about today with Bev is the idea that I had that you can't be in gratitude and resentment at the same time. That one will cancel the other out. It will factor the other one out. It will block the other with its uh, exuberance of being. And, and that can be, you can block resentment with gratitude. And you can block gratitude with resentment. So, just off the bat, Bev, um, what what comes to mind when I throw that thought out there? For do you have any initial thoughts? Not necessarily any specific thoughts, but just general thoughts about that idea.
1: I feel like the the world, and if I could use air quotes, using yeah, right, meaning the world as in. Uh, uh, Not of God's kingdom, but of, you know, out of God's kingdom, Mm -hmm. I guess. I don't know. Can you... The secular world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Society, as Billy Madison might say. Right. Has a natural pull toward resentment. Uh, It it seems to me, like even in listening uh, to friends that are Christians... It seems like it's easier to talk about the things you resent than it is to talk about things that you're you know, grateful for, or at least it feels that way in my life. It might not be so, mm-hmm. but I don't think you have to turn on the TV too long until you'll hear either a, a movie, a TV show, even a sitcom, uh, anything where... There's a problem, and that problem is that somebody is mad at somebody. Yeah,
0: you know, and you know those those turning points and those plot points are are, are critical, and it does drive uh, entertainment that we've had for years. Even you know back prior to movies and TV, sure. you know, plays were and books had you know you have plot twists and, and conflict that happens between characters, and I think that you are probably um, I would agree with you not probably, I definitely agree with you that uh, conflict and discord sell. Uh, when, when when people are arguing, that sells advertising dollars, you know, scaring people into stuff, sells advertising mm-hmm. um, minutes and, and, and makes advertising dollars, I guess I should say. And and, and that's, you know, just look at the news. It's it, it doesn't take very long before there's a bad story in the news. There's very few you know, feel good stories. Now, the interesting thing about that is where we want people to disagree would be like in sporting events. And that's where they bring out the feel good stories to make you like everybody. So you'll keep on cheering for people that you Mm don't, because, you know, it makes you care and, and want those people to win. So there'll always be the story of the, you know, gritty kid who, you know, came up from the gutter and is now an Olympian or or what have you. One of my least favorite days in church used to be Super Bowl Sunday when we would do what they call football Sunday and they would interview various players, but they'd always interview players from the teams that were playing in the uh, Super Bowl that week to talk about Christianity. And I was like, look, the Patriots are in the Super Bowl way too much and I want to hate the Patriots. <laughs> uh, so don't go up there and show me a guy who's a good guy that I will want to you know, feel good about. I, I want to hate these guys. Um, but I do agree that there's there tends to be that uh, that leaning towards let's find where there's grit and and we throw away the oyster before we get the, the pearl right. so frequently. Um, so, um, so that's our general our, our general look at that. So. Um, what do you think about this idea of of gratitude and resentment battling against each other are they opposites can they can they coexist um wow
1: sometimes when you throw these at me i i I, you know i have to think deeply and i'm not a deep deep thinker you know that's
0: that's my goal (laughs) yeah is to get people to uh you know to think deeply and to uh, you know really consider what's going on so I'm, I'm glad that I could be of service oh there you go on that um,
1: well I I don't think that they can coexist I don't think they can be in the same conversation or the same thinking the mm-hmm. same thought
0: mm-hmm.
1: beside one another yeah um, unless you're just really, really confused. Right.
0: Right. Right. I think that is, I think confusion is a great description of that. I think that would be very confusing to, to be in that because I, I think they are both attitudes, um, or, uh, feelings or dispositions that demand a lot of electricity. Mm-hmm. and and create a blackout for the other one and and, and as I think about this idea, I'm, I'm wondering to myself, you know my next question on that is you know is one stronger than the other? does one have more power than the other innately or is that an individual basis or uh, depending on time circumstances and the uh, you know the movement, of the world that here's another german word for you the zeitgeist of the time um is it what what do you think about those as they battle each other those two states um is one of them innately more powerful
1: well speaking in terms of a walk with christ i would say resentment is um well, let's say they're both a choice. Okay. I think they're both a choice. Right. I think I would definitely I agree with that. And I think that they're equally a choice. Um, but I, I think that we are born with a certain amount of... Um, we're born with that innate desire to sin. So I would feel... Re- I think that resentment, for me, takes... I I can't think of any profound words to make that statement. It seems easier to be resentful than it seems to be thankful. It it seems like an easier walk. Okay. Um, Now, psychologically, no. But to make that choice especially under pressure, seems easier for me. You know, I have to work at the choice to live, you know, counter to that.
0: Mm-hmm. And I, as you were speaking of that, I was looking at the idea of, of a feeling because I think it can be easy to associate gratitude and resentment as feelings. And yes. I, I looked up, I said, is a feeling a verb or a noun? And a feeling is a noun. It's it's an emotional state or reaction uh, or a belief um, that we have our feeling and and it also can um, can be used in terms of an adjective but I th- I feel very strongly like you said that it's a choice that gratitude and resentment are verbs I am choosing to do this mm-hmm. I am choosing to do gratitude mm-hmm. right now I'm choosing to do resentment right now and and it brings on a sense of emotion with it. But I think just like love is a verb, I think that gratitude and resentment are also verbs. They are things that we need to choose to put energy to, to do, not just something that comes to us that we feel.
1: Yeah. I, I feel like I'm a person that lives my life safely. I try to just be, you know, not go out on limb on stuff. And I, I know that's not always a good thing. It, it makes me miss opportunities, I think. But when I choose to be resentful, I'm choosing to protect, to uh, support my rightness mm. or my goodness. You mm-hmm. know, like I, I, the when only you say one.
0: rightness, does that mean that you're correct in the situation or rightness correct. in terms of righteousness? No,
1: correctness. Okay. You know, there, there's something there that I'm trying to uh, put on to someone else to prove that I am all that mm. and a bag of chips. You wow, know?
0: and a bag of chips. And a bag That's of chips lot of too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, uh, where the other way... I feel like I'm taking a risk to let my guard down and say, you might think I'm crazy. You might not even agree with me, but I'm choosing this way. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I I know it's what we're supposed to do. I mean, the Bible says that over and over. Right. So, yeah.
0: And and as I think of these two trying to coexist, I think of uh, the idea of rubbing your head and, and, uh, patting your belly or patting your head and rubbing your belly at the same time um, that, uh, that it's difficult. And I'll say more about that after the break. But right now what I want to do is I want to I give people a little bit of a chance to uh, not listen to me for a second and <laughs> to listen to Ann Wilson. Here's our song of the week this week. It's called My Jesus. And uh, this is another one that's been floating around for me for a while. Um, And I decided now is the week uh, to do this. So here's My Jesus from Ann Wilson. And we'll be back uh, in about 90 seconds to talk about that and to maybe try to rub our stomach and pat our head at the same time. (laughs) So here's Ann Wilson with My Jesus.
1: about me let me tell you about my Jesus he makes a way where there ain't no
0: Here you go, Ann Wilson with My Jesus. Bev, what do you got for us from that song?
1: The second verse, I just absolutely... Same as the
0: first? Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, no, not the same as the first, <laughs> different from the first. I, uh, as I listened to the song, I started thinking, who wouldn't want a magic pill to just take away our past mistakes? You know, to just snap your fingers and have it all be gone because mm-hmm. I know I've lived in regret of things that I've done and thought and said. Uh, And wish it would just go away and still it It doesn't, you know. And so that's what led me to often try to fill my life with something different to, you know, hammer out that noise or whatever that was telling me that. But it says, who can wipe away the tears from broken dreams and wasted years and tell the past to disappear? Oh, let me tell you about my Jesus and all the wrong turns that you would go and undo if you could. Who can work it all for your good. Let me tell you about my Jesus. There's the there's what you do right there. There is no magic pill. Mm There is just simply Jesus. Yeah. That's it.
0: And and Jesus doesn't say, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna take this road and instead of going over that hill that you went around, we're gonna go this way and that way, and we're gonna build it. He's like, No, this is what you did. So now let me make that roadway, that path that you chose, let me make that work. Yes. Let me smooth it out. Let yes. me put down some asphalt over top of the mud. Let me, you know, make it so that you've got traction going through that dirt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think about um, when when they uh, play baseball and it gets dusty. The infield, they come, you know, in between innings in the middle of the game, and they spray it down with more water. They don't they don't get a whole new field out there. They just make that field work. The way that it is to whoop, there was our heather calling us um and and that's what jesus does for it. he's just spraying water on our on our field yeah
1: and then the the other part of that is not only will he do that and i didn't want to in, interrupt your thought so no that's okay um the, other, the better part about that though is that jesus won't throw that back in your face he will not throw it back in your face. So he not only forgives, but he forgets. Yes. And um, and we could make a whole show about that concept. Yeah. But still, that you're not going to come back to him the day after that or 10 years after, and he's going to say, oh, yeah, remember this? Yeah. Remember when you did that? I told you about that before.
0: And, and what cat catches me in this song is something that I was big on when I was teaching. And I'd tell kids, you know, give them a writing assignment. And, and when I'm in the prison, I tell the guys the same thing. I said, I'm not as interested in the what as I am the why,
1: mm-hmm. you
0: know, history is not what happened. It's why did it happen and, and what matters from there. And, and at the end of that uh, first uh, stanza, it says, let me tell you about my Jesus. Okay. That's cool. And then, and let my Jesus change your wife, your life. There's the why. Let my Jesus change your life because I'm going to tell you about him and he's going to do this. And that's why we share the message. Right. That's why we don't stay silent and sit on it. We share it so that lives can be changed. Right. And right. that's uh, that's a, a, a wonderful thing. Um, so yeah, cool. Uh, my Jesus, that's a fun one. Uh, Got a nice little bounce, a nice little little Ann Wilson. And I think the fun thing is, is if you go uh, on iTunes, you know, the single for this, the first song is My Jesus and the second song is Devil. And then the third song is something about that name. So, you know, fun little trio of music there from her on this uh, particular album. So uh, before we went into the break, I talked about the fact that I was thinking about this, this idea of gratitude and resentment and the idea of patting head and rubbing stomach. And, um, you know, that can happen. You know, it can happen, but it's not easy. Uh, I'm always amazed at people like Phil Collins or Don Henley that play drums and sing at the same time. I find it very difficult to do. Even for me, playing bass and singing can be very difficult. I have to work at it very, very hard to do it because one uh, activity takes my focus. In order for me to do it well, it takes my focus to do. And this is why multitasking is so dangerous because we should be focusing on the task at hand, not multiple things at once because we have to divide our energy, divide our resources, divide our abilities, divide our strength, divide our energy, divide all that stuff in order to spread it out to multiple things. And so I think for me, if I'm rubbing my head and patting my stomach, I can do it after a while, but I have to do one, and then think about the other. Uh, if 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 I if I'm doing one and then I try to it, it it jumps, and the new thing, the new shiny thing, takes my attention. So if I'm in the middle of being grateful, and resentment comes in, it'll distract me mm-hmm. in my life, and I'll look over at the resentment and I'll I'll forget about the gratitude. But conversely, if I'm in the middle of resentment and some gratitude comes in, it can help me to jettison that resentment and turn and focus on the gratitude. Yeah. Now, we know uh, through working our steps that we have a tool that can help us focus more on gratitude and get rid of those resentments. Because, you know, as I've said so many times, resentment, that's that poison that I take hoping someone else dies. It's just eating me from the inside. It's not doing anybody else harm, but it's doing me harm. And my actions because of that might harm people. But but the resentment in and it itself is is killing me, not the person that I'm resenting. Oftentimes they have no idea that I'm even resenting them. So in working my steps, I'm able to get past that resentment. Did you find an ability to move beyond resentment and to to pour a water on the fire of resentment through your steps?
1: Absolutely, and um, I'm in the middle of writing my um, four-step inventory right now and what I found what I discovered in the last week or so was there were many names that showed up in the first column which is you know who the Mm -hmm. who is, is that I have resentment toward or has hurt me in some way and one person in particular when I looked at what they had done and I got to the second column which is the what what did they do I was having a hard time really pinpointing what they had done. All I knew that I was hurt. Mm. And, but when I got to the end and I got to my part, I realized that my part of that situation didn't have as much to do with what they had done to me as much as it had to do with me asking for forgiveness because of the attitude I had toward them. Mm. So even after these... So if that makes any sense after several years, I actually couldn't remember what, what I thought they had done, but the feeling was still there on my part that I resented them and and I was angry with them. Yeah.
0: That's the thing that's so insidious about resentment is is so often it's like, I mean, I've been before like in an argument or disagreement with a person after a while, I'm like, what are we fighting about? I don't remember. I just know that I've got this feeling and I, I keep ramping it up because I'm feeding the resentment. I'm not working on the reason, and so the reason dwindles and fades away. But I'm left with this puddle of mm-hmm. of water where I used to have an ice cube, and um, it it's uh, it's easy for me to get there. Uh, so what I'm hearing is that fourth step is where you really worked on on resentment.
1: It yes and then leading on to the amends process where right, I had to make right. amends which is
0: why it's yeah. it's important to work all 12 yes. steps you know yes. because they they build on each other and they they feed the next one so what kind of things now and and you said you're working on your your fourth step and uh, listeners don't necessarily know this but I know that you began your recovery journey back in 2004, 2005. Why are you working on your fourth step still? What's (laughs) taking you so long to get done working your 12 steps?
1: Well, number one, um, I keep being in a step study. It's not like I just said, okay, I'm doing this one and then I'm never gonna be in another one again. And at first I thought it was kind of crazy. I didn't get the whole escalator idea that it comes back around and you do it again and again. But what I found was on my second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth inventory, um, written a moral inventory, some of the same patterns were in my life, not the same people, Mm. but what showed up was the same things that I had dealt with before, and that is what pinpointed and pointed out my uh, character defects, which my sponsor was quick to show me, Bev, do you realize you're still using the same word, especially resentment. That one showed up a lot, uh, having resentment towards someone or something. Um, so yeah, that's why I keep doing it. Plus, I may be looking at something tomorrow that I've never faced before, and when I go back and compare it to what I, you know, have done in the past, there is sometimes a real um, direct line. Between something that's happened in my past and now looking at how I'm responding to mm. it now or tomorrow,
0: Does yeah. that makes
1: sense. Um, not to get off that point, but as you were talking, I was thinking of this concept. You know, when I am um, when I resentful, it's usually over a small thing, a temporary thing. Sometimes we talked about how we can't even always remember what it was. Plus, there's a lot of wishy-washiness in there that you don't really know what the other person is thinking or you don't know what happened to them on that particular day or where their mindset is and all that. But to be on the thankful side, it's usually not something temporary. It's Mm -hmm. usually something big that we minimize when we should be spending more time on that side. Um, It has greater weight and much more value in life you know so i i don't know why we tend to pull away and do the other stuff when it's a waste of time and over here is the valuable part of life
0: well and if we build these edifices properly they will have staying power but they won't last without uh without some sort of maintenance right we were just watching a a show where they're um, you know uh, riding motorcycles uh, from London uh, down to South Africa, and they're going through Northern Africa and looking at Roman ruins and looking at the pyramids as they go through Egypt. And these these ancient Roman ruins and these pyramids are old; they're still there, and you can see them. They're they're magnificent edifices, but they're broken down. Mm-hmm. You know, the Sphinx is missing part of its mm-hmm. face. Mm-hmm. And the pyramids, you can see that they had some sort of a smooth coating on it, but almost all of that is gone now with the exception of the tops, you know, very pointy parts of the pyramids. And, and it's because they were not maintained. And when a little chip came in, it wasn't filled after a certain amount of time. And so if I build gratitude, but I don't keep on feeding gratitude, it will erode. My gratitude will wane, it will disappear, it will get less without feeding it. So I've got to be mindful about maintaining my gratitude. Mm-hmm. So how do we, how do you, how does Bev maintain gratitude? What do you do to to keep yourself in a, a grateful state?
1: It is um, sometimes hard to me to to stay there, but I look at a few things. Number one, I remember that Jesus said, you know, he told the story of the lepers. There were 10 lepers and only one turned around to come back and say thank you. And, you know, there was a reason why he shared that story because I think he knew that it was um, not, always, not always on our minds. We have a tendency to be selfish. And so when I look at that, coupled with the fact that Jesus said, he would not forgive me if I don't forgive others, which is where I think resentment comes from in my life is unforgiveness. Then I know that I have to work at it. Mm -hmm. I must. It's, it's a commandment to me that I, they must do that. So I think I mentioned this in last week's podcast, and that is I'm really just on the cusp of trying to learn this, but I'm trying to learn that to resent somebody means I need to stop and instead pray for them mm. to not harbor that, not harbor that. Cause you know, the Bible tells us over and over, think on the things that are lovely of good report. Mm-hmm. And then it also tells us that, um, uh, to lay every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. The only way we can do that is if it truly becomes A thought process, a habit to honor God with our lives and live like Jesus, because it's just too easy. And I know that my mind is where all of my mistakes start. They don't—they don't start in me. Just, you know, getting up some morning and say, "Hey, you know, I'm going to yell at somebody today," or, (laughs) you know, uh, hold an anger towards somebody. But somewhere along the line, something happens and it triggers that thought. And then I dwell on that thought. Mm. And pretty soon before I know it, it's turned into another sin I have to repent from. So I think just trying to retrain my brain to honor God through living like Jesus. Yeah. Because he had lots of reasons to resent people. Right.
0: And For didn't. me, you know, it's there's two things that I find very important uh, skills or tools in fighting resentment and building gratitude. And... I I think that one of them is, like you said, prayer. And when I've been the most resentful towards Mm. people, I have prayed specific prayer for those people uh, for good, Uh, not the prayer of, you know, oh, please God, give them what they deserve or better yet what I want them to get. Um, I pray the prayer where I try to sit down before I pray and look at this person's life. What specifically would I be wanting if I were them? Yes. Not just a better job. What specific job? Where? Uh, you know, who would I work for? What would I... These kind of things. And then I pray for those things in their life. Because when I'm cheering for the person to do well or to get good, I can't... The resentment doesn't have any room. It, it, it's too slippery for it. It doesn't have a foothold to stick to. And, and the, it might get thrown in there, but it just gets washed away in this river of... Of gratitude. And the other thing is to keep gratitude lists Mm -hmm. and to just look when I'm starting to feel negative, why am I grateful? Who am I grateful for? And uh, if if you were to track my texts, you might see when I'm not feeling Mm. good, when I'm feeling resentment, because I will go and text people gratitude things. Hey, thank you for doing this in my life. Thank you for being this in my life, because it helps me to, to just focus on that and see the good and find the good in that situation. That change of perspective and trying to see what is their good reason for why they're doing this or what, you know, how can I, how can I process this differently? Because that's what I'm asking God to do is process my mistake and filter it through. This can be good and make it, like you said, turn it for good. Um, So I try to practice those things when I'm feeling that negativity and that resentment coming in.
1: Can I ask you a question about your first one? Um, When you pray for somebody and you have been harboring a bad feeling about them, whatever that might be, we're talking about resentment. Does that feeling right away come that you want to, or do you have to work on that?
0: No, it does not. And I'll tell you where I discovered this. I discovered this when I was in jail and I had a lot of people that were Uh, wishing ill on me and um, one of them was my ex-wife and her husband were doing some things that uh, were making my life very difficult at a time when it was already extremely Mm -hmm. difficult and they were just sort of piling on and what I wanted to do was hate but I was powerless to do anything other than to love or to hate and so I decided to choose love at that moment and I, I just Broke down their lives and thought, what would they want? Mm. What would be good for them? And I mm. only prayed for that. And I didn't pray that they would get what they deserve because they might not deserve that big promotion. Right. Right. They might not deserve that whatever. But I prayed that they would get it anyhow, and and that they would find grace and favor. Um, and and my my resentment. Slowly started fading away. And it's like painting a house. You know, you can get a bucket of paint and put some paint on the wall, but that doesn't mean the house is painted. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, first brush. There's still more resentment than there is gratitude. But after a while of painting gratitude on the wall, the gratitude overtakes right. the resentment.
1: It sounds a lot to me like uh, turning over our will. You know, yes, turning our will. Like, and I always think of that as really. Um, let's say it this way. When you do something for me, like this week, I hurt my knee, and you know you've been leaving a TV show you're watching to go get me something to drink or to bring me dinner or whatever. You know it takes a certain amount of sacrifice, and I think sometimes when we uh, do that, I think it's a sacrifice of our will to lay it at the feet of Jesus and say, you know, Jesus, I can't this is really not how I'm feeling right now, but I'm giving this to you so that you can sort out what needs to happen and take it from here. You know, I'm done. I'm done being resentful.
0: And I think the important thing too, is to deal with the resentment, to meet it head on. Yeah. Uh, We have some friends right now who have um, some house guests and the house guests are not being very thoughtful. And so there's resentment that's building up on our friends part because of the guests that they have. And, uh, my recommendation to them when they were talking to me about it was, "Hey, meet it head on. You, you should. I, I'm recommending that you talk about it because otherwise, it's resentment, and and it won't change. And you're just going to deal with the resentment, and that's going to filter out in your life to your kids, to your spouse, to your coworkers, to yourself. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah." Well, cool. Uh, I wasn't sure how this topic was going to go, and it took us a long time to get there, but it took us a long time to get to the end, and I don't even really know that we're there, but I mean, we're we're 36 minutes into this uh, show plus bumpers, so closing in on that 40-minute mark. So we're going to wrap it up right there. Bev, I thank you for being here. I do not resent you. I am grateful for you. I'm grateful for you, too. And it is not a sacrifice for me to bring you something <laughs> it is my great pleasure because you are my sweetheart and uh, I love you. being able to do that for you. Thank hey, you. if you want to show some gratitude for the show, great way to do it is to become a patron, so go to messituppodcast.com, click on the become a patron button and just try it out. Just just sponsor us at a dollar a month or 5 dollars a month or or whatever or you can go even bigger than that and uh, try for the $25 and and join our book club as well. So uh, try it out. Show um, some gratitude. And each month when that thing comes, you can be uh, grateful for our show as we're grateful for you, our sponsors. So thanks, guys, for listening. Don't forget to uh, follow us on our social media. Share the show. Let more people know about it. And I guess we'll see you next time we mess it up.